0: The Reds trail the Marlins by just a half game for the final National League wildcard spot. Let's talk about how they get it and qualify for the postseason. And I want to hear from you on this special live edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Let's go. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm Steven Offenbaker, my co-host Jeff Carr. He's still on vacation, that lucky sucker. Uh, I'm going on vacation next week. It's all good. Uh, I'm a diehard baseball fan. I have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. I have taken my passion for the game, my love for the Cincinnati Reds, my love for baseball, and I've turned that passion into information for you. I want to thank those of you who listen every day. I know you probably already heard an episode today. Uh, thanks for doing that and thanks for being here for this live show. Uh, I want to hear from You. Uh, And that's why I am live today with Jeff out. I needed to talk baseball with somebody, and I wanted to talk baseball with you on today's podcast I'm going to be asking the question will the Reds make the postseason in 2023 and I want to hear the answer to that question from you and talk about it uh, I also want to talk about the episode earlier today where uh, I surmised that David Bell decided ultimately to throw that game away uh, after Lion Richardson started getting smacked around a little bit and if we think that's a good move or not and if we think protecting the bullpen heading into an off day was a good move or not I want to talk about all these things I want to talk baseball with you i want to take your questions i want to take your comments so before we dive into that i do want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com locked on mlb or enter the promo code locked on mlb for a free water bottle with any order you won't make you won't want to take your bird dogs off when you get them on we promise you they're the most comfortable clothing items around all right, let's get right into this guys because uh first off I appreciate y'all being here. Uh I, I want to talk about the Reds realistic chances of being a, a wild card team for 2023. Uh And I want to talk about David Bell and how he's handling things. And uh, really, I want you guys driving this ship today. We're doing this live on YouTube on a Thursday afternoon. This is going to drop into the audio feed for the folks that couldn't be here uh, as our Friday episode in the audio feed. But I I really just wanted to talk some baseball with you guys and, and hear from you and what you're thinking. And so we're going to dive right into this. Jake asks, can we talk about David Bell's left on left phobia? Yes, it sometimes works out. But what's the difference between that and right on right? I want a guy in the flow of the game getting that days at bats. All right. It's a little bit different, first of all right on right versus left on left that that left-handed pitch for a left-handed batter coming hard inside at your head it just looks different uh, all of the major league hitters that have ever talked about this on camera talked about this to reporters will tell you uh, it just it's just different uh, especially you get a, a unique perspective on this on guys that are switch hitters and you know see both-handed pitchers quite often uh that being said you know i don't think that it's such a bad idea to play the percentages. It's all about analytics, right? It's all analytics driven. It's all what the numbers say. And you know, I'm a fan of the analytics. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of using all of the data that's available out there to make the decisions that you make as far as building your lineup and who plays when, uh, I, I get using that stuff. Sometimes though, I think it's over relied upon. Sometimes I think you gotta, you gotta go with your gut just a little bit, uh, as Dusty would say back in the day, Uh, because you do get guys that you can, you can look at and think they're about to break out and then they do. And if you never take that chance, we never figure out that TJ Friedel can hit left-handers. We never figure out that will Benson can come down with some left on left crime. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for playing the numbers, but I'm also all, all for, you know, the fact that there's going to be guys that are exceptions to that rule. Uh, let's 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 keep talking about that. It's David Bell's decision ultimately, right? And and we've been talking a lot about the decisions that David Bell makes and the decisions that we either like or don't like that he makes. Uh, let's go to Bass Face here. It says protect the bullpen for a series. We know that we can sweep. I don't know if it's just for the Cardinals. I, I mean, it's setting up. You're right. The Cardinals are not strong, but it's setting the Reds up to have their best arms in the bullpen now completely and fully rested as they head into the St. Louis series. Look, the Reds only have three games left on the schedule with teams that are over 500. Everybody else, the Reds should be looking at, at winning series, sweeping games. Uh, Greg Hughes says they should sweep the birds. That's right. They should sweep the Cardinals. But in the situation yesterday, when Lion Richardson clearly didn't have it, Do you go to the bullpen in the second or third inning and add just a couple more innings? If you do that, Buck Farmer pitches yesterday or Lucas Sims pitches yesterday or Alexis Diaz pitches yesterday. Are you willing to do that in that game when things are already a little out of hand to try to scrap back in it? I know the Reds ultimately scored four runs. It could have been a win. It could have been a sweep, uh, but it could have also exhausted the bullpen in the process. I'm not sure. What the right answer is. I said this on yesterday's show, guys. I don't know what I would have done differently. I mean, I'm, I'm looking to you guys to play manager here for a minute. You know, When would you have pulled Lion Richardson? Who would you have used in the situations to cover the additional innings? And, and then be okay if they're just that much short on innings towards the end or in the postseason. Uh, now is the part of the year where you start saving innings now and you're banking them. We talked about this with... Andrew Abbott when he came out of a few games early uh, and Brian Williamson as well a few games earlier than we may have liked but still they did it and those are just innings that you bank for the postseason right i i mean if you believe this team's going to be in the postseason and i believe that this team is going to be in the postseason I, I i i think you have to start managing that way and Is that does that mean that David Bell is going to do things we disagree with? It absolutely means that David Bell is going to do things that we disagree with. But at the end of the day, you have to figure out how it impacts you. Not today, not September 9th, not September 10th. But we're talking about October 5th, October 10th, uh, when you want to still have guys available. Hey, Branch Brown checks in. Branch, how you doing? Thanks for joining this live show. I appreciate you being here. Shred 2000 bell made the right decision to save the bullpen. That's, that's what I think. I think that bell was on the right, tr- on the right track. I think that you, uh, you have to start gearing. Greg Hughes says starters got to go six to save the bullpen. Mostly I agree with that. But again, this time of year, things are a little bit different. If you're in control of a game through five and Andrew Abbott's on the mound, and you can bank a couple innings with what his arm has seemed to be showing us. I think you do that. It's all situational, right? It's all becoming more and more where David Bell can't just manage the way that David Bell's managed. He's never had to be a postseason manager. And maybe that's the conversation guys. Maybe the question really is, you know, I I think you guys are all with me that the Reds are going to make the playoffs. They're going to do this thing. Right. And and we're going to talk about how they're going to get there coming up in just a minute. But, Can David Bell adjust his thought process? Can David Bell do things differently to be a good postseason manager? Because you can't manage in the postseason like you manage in the regular season. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, I I'm not sure. I don't know. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, We are going to have a lot more of your questions and comments coming up. We're going to, that's going to drive the show today, guys. So I need you active in the comment section. I need to hear your thoughts. I need your questions about this team because that is what we are talking about today. We're going to dive right back into those. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Listen. I have never had a pair of shorts that made me look as good as bird dogs do and as, as comfortable as bird dogs are. Uh, these are great shorts. And, I, you know, I'm not just saying that because it's an ad, folks. These are the shorts that I wear to the ballpark. This is the shorts that I wear when I go play golf. They're so versatile. They look so good. You can use them in tons of different situations. You can – I live here in Hawaii. Most of you folks know that. I can throw a pair of these bird dogs on. They look great. I can run down to the beach, jump jump in the ocean, then come back up for a tea time, and then run over to town and go out for drinks and wear the same pair of shorts. They dry out, they look great. You can't tell that they're not, for example, a khaki pair of shorts. And yet they are. They make you look so good. They're they're a stretch khaki short design. They fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And listen, that's impressive when you're talking about me and my lack of commitment to making it to the gym the last couple months. Uh, But they fit like a dream. Bird Dogs invented this cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. It gives you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also use this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that kind of pulls the moisture off your legs pulls it away, keeps you dry and comfortable uh, all day long. You can seriously, like I said, go from your couch to the beach, to the golf course, to a night out, never have to change your shorts. Uh, These are the most comfortable pair of shorts I've ever owned. And I hope you go check out birddogs.com. To get yourself a pair of these as well. And if you use the promo code LOCKED ON MLB, you're going to get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. It's like a hydro flask type bottle. It looks really cool. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash LOCKED ON MLB. Use the promo code LOCKED ON MLB for your free Bird Dogs water bottle. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs, we promise you. All right, if you can't be down at the ballpark, make sure that you catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the words Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first, your second listen. Thanks for being here all day with me. Thanks for jumping in on this live show. Great to have you guys here. Uh, Let's dive back into your questions and your comments and see what you guys want to talk about, because I'm really here to just answer the the questions and, and get into some of the comments. But I am doing this solo, so... Bear with me as I click through your comments. Greg says, "Next year we have three nasty boys, and for seven, eight, nine we have ninth inning." I'm not sure what you're trying to say here. And we're talking about Diaz, Sims, we're going to have a great bullpen. We have a great bullpen now. I think we've undervalued and underappreciated what the bullpen has done for us. It's uh, it's been overtaxed, it's been overused, they've been overpitched, and for the most part, they've done well. And there have been some meltdowns. There have been some breakdowns. And I think we've asked some players to do more than they've ever been asked before. And it's starting to show. We're starting to see some things. Derek Law, I worry about, as an example, as to whether or not he should be in in high leverage situations. His last few outings make him look not. Duarte is another guy that I think is perfectly fine and tough in 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 filler innings, but not so much in tough spots. Uh, You may not want to have him in high leverage situations, but for the most part, the big three, as we're talking about farmer Sims, Diaz, they've been mostly very, very good. Uh, You know, no pitchers. Perfect. If they were, they'd win the Cy Young every year, but uh, these guys have done a whole lot with uh, expectations that weren't very high. So, you know, I'm all for that. I saw a question here about Noel V. Marte. Ricky asks, do we think Noelvi Marte could win a gold glove at third base? Why not? He looks great over there. Um, he's still a rookie. I think he's going to have to show us more. Uh, you know, don't forget he was a shortstop. You know, <laughs> when you have an infield full of shortstops, um, it's 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 easy to forget just how athletic and special these guys really are. And, and I think he could win the gold glove. I, I think the athleticism is clearly there. And... If, if that turns into a gold glove, I would not be shocked, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Do I think that we keep the two waiver wire pickups next season? That is Bader and Renfro. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, first off, they need to show us a little bit more, right? I don't know that they will go out and sign both of those guys. If a deal presents itself, Maybe you keep one of them around um, to just help fill the numbers in the outfield. Uh, let, let's see a little bit more of what they do. But my gut tells me that both of those guys probably are just here for the postseason and then are gone. Um, I think that was what was so advantageous about the way their contracts were and what really gave the Reds no qualms, the front office there uh, about going out and grabbing them. There, there, was, there was no reason not to uh, pay a little bit of money to get them through the postseason and then, and then go from there. Back to the bullpen. Uncoordinated Gamer says he would like to see Cruz get save chances. Fernando Cruz, he's a little streaky too, right? You look at Cruz, and sometimes his stuff is just nasty. And then sometimes he still makes mistakes that – you think he probably shouldn't be making. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from him before he just jumps in in and, and his closer 1B, right? With Diaz being closer 1A. But he's definitely showed some talent. and And he's another one of those guys that this season – has stepped up in situations that you didn't necessarily expect him to be in. And I think that's true for most of this bullpen. I, I mean, I can't imagine being a relief pitcher uh, and watching what has gone on with this starting rotation in Cincinnati and 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 watching from the opening day, watching this team break camp and seeing that four and five were Luis Sessa and Connor Overton and then, you know, watching... Luke Weaver continue to go out there, start after start after start and just get hammered and know that, you know, your group of pitchers are going to be responsible for covering, you know, seven innings of every Luke Weaver start and, you know, seven innings of every Luis Sessa start and seven innings of Connor Overton. And it just it's probably it's very, very daunting. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, these guys have to perform well. Also to continue to get paid and you'd have, you'd have to think that it, it, it scares them a little bit when they see things like that. I, I don't know that you can ask for much more from this group. Uh, there's a conversation about Jake Fraley going on over here. Uh, Fraley is nursing a broken toe and needs to rest as much as possible for this September stretch. It, it's the opposite Fraley's nursing the broken toe to be on the roster to help push them into a wildcard berth. Uh, it doesn't hurt him while he's batting. Uh, I, I think they should DH him as often as possible. But things are going to happen. We saw it the other day with Jake Fraley getting hit not once but twice on that broken foot. <laughs> it, of all things, right? For the ball to both times, find that back left that back left foot, the one that's broken. And, and he managed to walk that off and continue to stay in the game. So I I think that's the whole reason Fraley's here. Fraley's here to help give an infusion of a power, a left-handed power bat, uh, a left-handed bat. That's going to get you hit. It's going to be on base, uh, keep that bat in the lineup uh, to help this team in this wild card fight, because this wild card is not a given, right? I mean, they're just a half game back of the Marlins, but they're also tied with the diamondbacks. This is a scrap. It's a free for all for that final wild card spot. Uh, not to say that they can't continue to win some games now with what the schedule is going to do for us and pass the Cubs. It could happen, but the Cubs have been very good. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to get to the number one wild card spot, but it would be interesting for the seating because that's something that I want to talk about coming up in the third segment, which is how the matchup shake out. I know that yesterday I said I wanted a piece of Atlanta and And for that to happen, I completely bypassed the fact that they would have to win the wild card round first. And we'll talk about that. But I really do. I really would love to knock Atlanta out of the postseason. Uh, But we'll talk about that here coming up in a minute. Let's keep getting into some of your questions and comments. Shredder says India will probably be traded this offseason. There's two schools of thought here on India. Number one, India has started baseball activities and is working to come back. Uh, the minor league seasons are ending. Uh, rehab starts aren't really going to, to be much of a thing. Uh, I think there's a couple of weeks left. I'd, I'd have to pull up, you know, Louisville schedule to see what exactly is left on uh, the season right now. So I guess in theory, India could go down and, and get some at bats that way. But the fact of the matter is that uh, I think India is going to be back very, very soon. Uh, India is a help to this team, right? If he's healthy, uh, that's another guy you can have in the lineup. You can scoot guys around, I would imagine Steer goes back to playing a little bit of left field. Uh, India, I think, will DH some. You find ways to fit these guys in. Uh, India traded in the offseason, though. Uh, the two schools of thought are this. Yes, there's no room for him. You trade him, you get what you can get for him, you move on. Uh, the other side of it is, and and the side that I tend to think the Reds front office generally leans towards is trying to get maximized value, right? Trying to, Nick Craw has shown us that he really wants maximum value for dudes. So in order to do that, India neither, either needs to have a tremendous run from the time he comes back now and through a potential playoff run and do, you know, great Jonathan India things in that time period. And then he could be traded in the off season. And if he doesn't do that, his value I think is not going to be where Nick Craw is going to want it to be. And if that's the case, there's a scenario there where the Reds bring India back to start the season next year, let him play the first couple months in this continued hybrid shuffling of players, and then as they get closer to the all-star break next year, hope his value is higher and trade him. Of course, the risk there is he gets hurt again, does, doesn't does play well, and you diminish his value more. So it's all a gamble. This is why Nick Craw makes the big dollars. This is why... You know, I'm glad it's not up to me because I'm not sure exactly what I would do. Uh, I think if we're me, if he has any success at all coming off of the injured list this season, September and into the playoffs, I think I trade him in the offseason. I don't think I'm willing to run the risk of keeping him around, having him play and then have his value diminish. Carrick's here. Carrick, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on this live edition of Locked on Reds. Carrick Melvin says, you've mentioned that the Reds have a six-year window. He disagrees with me. If the Reds do it right, there will be no more windows. Trade off anyone with value with one and a half to two years of team control. Keep the miners stocked. That's the Nick crawl plan, right? That's what we've talked about, Carrick. I, th- I think you're right. I- I- let me clarify. They have a six-year window with these guys, but what you're saying here is completely accurate. Uh, This is the Nick crawl plan. This is a molding of the Tampa model with a a little bit uh, different way of doing things. And it's really what Nick crawl told us a couple years back now that he was going to do to try and and keep this team relevant. And he said it poorly. It was this conversation that the eliminate the peaks and valleys quote came from. It's the vision of the reds front office to take a couple guys, lock them up, turn the roster around them with everybody else. And, and, and that's going to require the, you know, you know who that's going to require the most of that's going to require the most out of you and out of me to change the way that we fan about the Cincinnati Reds because Cincinnati, man, they love to pick players and embrace them. And sometimes it's obscure guys that you just can't figure out why they're getting as much love as they are. Uh, You know, the Derek Dietrichs, the scooter Jeanette's the, Cincinnati loves them some underdogs, and they love them some blue-collar hustle-type guys. And, and we see that a lot around here. But in this new model, you're going to have to be willing to, to see guys in other teams' uniforms. You're going to have to enjoy the, the four or five seasons you have of a guy knowing full well that when the time comes, you're going to flip him to, to restock the next wave. And there's a great foundation in place to do that. Uh, Jeff and I have both told you guys many, many times that what we see happening is the Reds lock up two pitchers, similarly to how they did Hunter Green. So one more pitcher there and two position players. And then it comes down to which of these two rookies, which two of this big bunch of rookies do you want to see them lock up? You know, everybody's answer uh, has been Ellie De La Cruz. My answer starts with Matt McClain. I think he's the guy that you lock up first. Um, I don't know that you can lock up Ellie De La Cruz, but if there's only two, position players that you can lock up if if my formula holds then for me it's ellie de la cruz matt mcclain i lock up they've already locked up hunter green i don't know that i would have done that uh and then you pick another pitcher is it uh andrew abbott is it nick lodolo i think lodolo is going to need to show us he can get through a season healthy uh if i had to pick one right now it would be andrew abbott it definitely would not be a relief pitcher listen nothing against alexis diaz but you know sometimes uh Relief pitching is what exactly that relief pitching guys will be great for a season or two and then lose their minds and not be able to pitch the, the Moriano Rivera's of the world are very few and far between. And that's why they're remembered and considered so special. You guys, I am having a blast taking your questions and comments. We're going to keep this thing going. Uh, we're going to, Take more of those questions and comments coming up in just a second. But before I get into that, I want to shout out the other sponsor of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I have my YouTube TV uh, Sunday ticket locked down. i ready for some bingles. Now uh, Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be – you can bet on everything from spreads to player props to money lines to so much more. Uh, the Bengals last year were a covering machine. I want you to know uh, they just covered game after game after game. Uh, I had probably the best NFL betting season of my life last year just by taking the Bengals every week. It was, it was something. Uh, they're a two-and-a-half-point dog. They're, they're minus two and a half. I'm sorry. They're two-and-a-half-point favorite. Two-and-a-half points minus two-and-a-half against the Cleveland Browns. This coming weekend, I I took that all day long. Bengals are going to score. They're going to score often. They're going to beat the Browns. I'm confident of it. Go join FanDuel today. Head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with the offer that you are not going to want to miss. Again, a $5 bet for first-time customers is going to get you $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That's your seed money for the NFL season, folks. Get in there. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And remember, if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. All right, let's dive back into these questions and these comments. Uh, this one from Ricky Logan. Noel LV Marte could easily have the best overall career of the rookies, and that's no knock on the others. This team's... <laughs> Future is blindingly bright. I think that's great. That needs to be a, since he's, since he shirts, are you listening by blindingly bright, the reds rookie class? I love it. Uh, the L- rookie of the year votes are going to be really interesting guys. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like what probably happens is that a bunch of these reds rookies split the votes and Carol just wins it. But I really would love for the reds collectively to win the rookie of the year that, uh, I, I I just, there's so many great rookies. Uh, Matt McClain should be in consideration. Spencer Steer should definitely be in consideration. Uh, L- Ellie De La Cruz may not have come soon enough to be in consideration, uh, but still he's going to get a vote or two. I, I want all of the Reds votes combined so that that, that can be a thing. Uh, Joey Votto question. Jimmy McFarlane asks if Joey retires, what kind of send off <laughs> does produce Bob and the Reds organization do for him? Uh, you know, I think the Reds will do right by Joey Votto. I'm going to be wounded if it goes down that he retires or, or is, his option is not picked up. If he's done with the Reds on the injured list, that would be a terrible, 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 terrible outcome uh, to have that be how things wrap up around here. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, like I was saying on yesterday's show, I do have it from some people that I think are in the know that Joey could be back as early as this weekend, not take a minor league rehab start, not do any of that stuff. Just come back on the active roster. I could see that happening. Um, Does the reds give him a send off? Yeah, they'll do some things. Um, I think the thing that bothers me is that, you know, Joey is saying, Joey is saying, I want to play next year. I want to be around and I want to be in Cincinnati. Uh, Can that happen? It can happen. The Reds are going to have to pay $7, 8000000 million to buy out his option for next year. Uh, I don't see any scenario where they pay him the $22 million. But if Joey was willing to come back next season, understanding that he would not be a starter necessarily, but he would be a, a left-handed bat versus right-handed pitching, say DH, uh, relieve CES over at first base from time to time, and do that for $16 million next year, when you figure they're already paying him eight, do that for $10 million next year. And then give him a team option for the year after that with another small buyout on it that pays him to go into retirement, which is what would probably happen. He would play one more year and go. I'm all for that. I'm all for keeping Joey around that way, making room for him. And, and if you, if you want to talk about him being old and taking up a roster spot, I think that 40 year old Joey Votto next season will still be better than whatever would have been the Reds' last man on the bench. And let's consider that that's the guy he's replacing and and he's not going to be taking time away from the other guys. Um, I would love to see a celebration of Joey Votto's career. Um, I would love for him to be in a Reds uniform and make it clear next season that it's his final year And I would love to see him going around from stadium to stadium and and having all of the retirement celebrations from the other teams. Uh, Stuff that we haven't seen this year. I would love to see all of that because I think Joey Votto deserves it. I think he's probably the most undervalued superstar in the history of this franchise. And he's one of the top two, maybe top three. Let's say top three. He's one of the top three hitters in the history of the Cincinnati Reds. And I can feel the hair standing up on some of y'all's necks. But it's the truth. Uh, I would love to hear the three guys you think are better than Joey Votto because there aren't three. Uh, that's for sure. All right, what else do you guys want to talk about? It's, uh, and, and you know, Russell checks in. Joey turns 40 September 10th. That is correct. He is about to be 40-year-old Joey Votto this week. Uh, still trying to defeat Father Time. I love it. All right, I'm going to scroll through some of these comments, guys, and see how we're doing. Uh, let's go with BassFace's comment here. He wants to know if there is another team. Sorry, technological problem here. There we go. Is there another team that I secretly keep track of? <laughs> I uh, I do, actually. I like the Texas Rangers. There's some stories behind that. Um, I spent some of my high school years in Texas, uh, just south of Arlington. So I saw a lot of Rangers games. So I've always been kind of a fan of the Rangers uh, all the way back into when Nolan Ryan was pitching for him and, and punching Robin Ventura in his head, uh, really became a fan of the Rangers. And uh, just in, I've enjoyed the Texas Rangers. Their ballpark is beautiful um, now that it's inside and you don't melt in the Texas sun. Um, it's even better down there that whole experience in the complex they have built in uh, Arlington is actually pretty cool. Um, the Dallas Cowboys stadium is on one end of that in the middle is probably the biggest bar I've ever been in. It's called Texas live. It's three stories. I imagine it holds 10,000 people. It's ridiculous. And then the Rangers stadium is right on the other side of that. So on some Sundays, the Cowboys and the Rangers play on the same day and you can just go spend the whole day down there. It's beautiful. So uh, I do like following them, keeping up with the Rangers. Outside of that, I love baseball. Um, I'll go to a game just whenever I can. I'm going to be in Tampa in a few weeks, and the the Angels, what's left of them, are playing uh, the Rays. I'm going to try and go see that. I just really love going and seeing baseball. It doesn't really matter to me who's playing at any given time. I, I, I have a good time. Here it is. I was hoping somebody would fall for it, and he's probably baiting me, and I don't care. Greg Hughes says that Frank... Robinson, Pete Rose and Tony Perez were better than Joey. Not a stinking chance. Uh, look, I understand, Pete Rose, 4256. That doesn't make him one of the best hitters. that kept means he was healthy. He was a single slap guy. It's great. I don't think Pete Rose stays in the league for three years against today's pitching, and I'll die on this hill. Uh, he didn't have to face these guys. He didn't have to face the type. You go go back and look go back and watch the video of Pete Rose breaking Ty Cobb's hit record and look at the junk that's being thrown up there to the plate. Watch the guys pitching in the eighties and tell me that, that Joey Votto wouldn't hit for 500 in a season facing those guys. I I, I just, it just, it's, it's not possible. Um, For me, the top three hitters to ever play for the Reds are Frank Robinson, Joe Morgan, and Joey Votto in whatever order you want to put those guys in beyond that. There were greats. Don't get me wrong. Pete Rose, an all time. Great 4256. I hear you. Johnny bench as a catcher did amazing, phenomenal things hit for a ton of power. The list goes on and on, but they didn't have to play the same type of pitching that Joey Votto does. Joey Votto's better hitter than all those guys. Probably. Um, but knowing what I know about Joe Morgan and having heard him talk about baseball, he would have adjusted facing these guys. Frank Robinson, the same way. I don't know what adjustments Pete would have made. He's a slap hitter. That was just a slap hitter. That was always a slap hitter. Uh, and he did it well. You know, he was, he was great in his era, but greatest of all time for this franchise. I'm telling you those three guys. Uh, let's, let's see what everybody wants to yell at me now. Um, Bassface says, Eric Davis, a healthy Eric Davis for his whole career would have been phenomenal. Um, we can play a lot of what, Could have been with Eric Davis Uh, there. There was a stretch there over a couple seasons, 87, 88, 88, 89, 89, 90, somewhere in there where he was just one of the, he was the best in the game. Absolutely. Uh, All time best for the franchise. No, but could have been if healthy. Russell says, no way. Peter Edward Rose was the best. Well, we will agree to disagree because I, I just don't see how he would have performed at all against anybody that pitches in today's game. I, I mean, do you, do you guys remember, maybe some of you don't, uh, if you're not as old as me, but do you remember how we used to ooh and ah, when a pitcher would hit a hundred on back-to-back pitches and, you know, we didn't see that stuff before. And now we ooh and ah, if a guy can throw a ball 80 for a strike over the plate, because we never see that it's, uh, you know, we all want the change up all the time. Where's the change up the guy needs a change up where we used to be just like oh i wish he had a i wish he had a heater at 100 everybody's got a heater at 100 now it's just how the game has evolved it's it's just a whole different beast all right i'm gonna scroll back try to get a few more of your guys's comments in (laughs) comment says tyler stevenson kind of looks like babe ruth when he swings i wish he'd hit dingers like Babe Ruth yeah I missed on that one didn't I guys 40 home runs that's where I was heading I really thought it was possible I really thought Tyler Stevenson could be a guy that could become the cleanup power hitter in this lineup he might still yet Um, he's definitely showing signs of life we talked about this uh, with Tim Daniel a couple episodes back Uh, over the last 15-20 games uh, Tyler Stevenson's slash line is epic Uh, if he can keep that up through the playoffs that'll be That'll be something special. Let's get into this real quick. Bassface wants to talk about Matt McClain. Will he actually come back for October? The oblique is a weird thing. All of those things are true. Um, this injury with Matt McClain, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Uh, it's really not one of those things we can expect him to power through. It's not like Fraley with the foot, right? Um, that, that oblique strain impacts everything that he's going to try and do. To get down on a ground ball, to turn and make a throw, to pivot for a double play to twist and swing and hit, all of those things are impacted. And I don't think you want, I don't think you want him to be even trying or attempting to come back and play through that, still play with that. So it makes me really concerned because of the history with this Reds medical staff, right? Uh, Do we trust that they're going to know what's going on with him? Do we trust that he's going to tell the truth to the medical staff and say if something hurts when it doesn't. uh, First of all, I don't trust at all that he's going to tell them the truth. He's going to tell them he's fine. He's going to tell them it's great. Uh, I'm going to need these Reds medical professionals to keep their eyes on Matt McClain, look for the signs that he still still can do what he needs to do, or look for the signs that he's still hurt. And the Reds medical staff has not shown me one thing in years, that makes me trust them. So I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Um, I had to bet on it. If FanDuel had odds on Matt McLean returning to the active roster before the postseason, I don't think I'd take it. I I, I think he misses the playoffs, guys. I I don't. I, I I just don't. All right, let's hit a couple off topics and get out of here, Jimmy McFarland. Who do I like tonight? The Lions or the Chiefs? Uh, Jerome this morning on MLB Central said the Lions. Listen, funny story. Uh, You guys know here in Hawaii on the Big Island. I have a really good friend, a couple towns over, that was born and raised in Detroit. Huge Tigers fan, huge Lions fan, huge Michigan fan. (laughs) Uh, But great guy. So uh, on a whim, I said, hey, you want to go to Michigan and watch the Reds play the Tigers? And he said, yes. So we're heading to Detroit to watch the Reds and the Tigers next week. And uh, we're also going to see a uh, Michigan football game as they take on Bowling Green. Go Bowling Green, I guess. Um, So I'm rooting for the Lions. All that being said tonight, for a couple reasons. One, I want that for him. Uh, The Lions uh, have been so bad for so long, and I can appreciate that. Having been a Bengals fan in the 90s, that I will take the Lions for that reason. And B... I'll take whoever the Chiefs are playing the rest of the way this season. I just I want the Chiefs to lose all of their games um, just because it'll make an easier road for my Bengals in the postseason. Realistically, um, I haven't checked yet to see if Kelsey's playing. Uh, I know he strained something in practice the other day, but uh, it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs realistically the realistic answer is the chiefs win tonight but i would love for the lions to upset them and kind of start the season off on that note um that's kind of where i land on that all right let's get one more guys one more one more let me find it before we get out of here trying to just keep there from being dead air while i scroll for it folks Let's do this. Let's wrap up with this because I, I love this topic. Jonathan asked, am I arguing that no one from his era makes it three years? That's not what I said. What I said was Pete Rose wouldn't make it for three years. Um, there are greats, true greats that can make adjustments and you hear them talk about baseball and they're smart baseball players. They're smart about the game. They recognize what pitchers are doing. They recognize how to make the adjustments and and they survive. I said Joe Morgan was one of those guys. I said Joe Morgan would still be a great hitter against today's pitching. Uh, Frank Robinson, and I think was the same way. Pete Rose, look, Pete Rose is not winning any IQ contests. Hate me. I don't care. Uh, he was great when he played. He was great in that era. He was, he was what he needed to be to be that guy on the big red machine. Um, and he got 4256. 4256 hits. I'm not trying to detract from that, but what I'm saying is when you make a list of the all-time greatest hitters in the franchise, Pete Rose is not at the top of that list because he has 4256. He had 4256 in an era that was completely different from other other eras and you have to adjust for that when you're making a rating across eras. So, for me, Joey Votto, listen, I am I'm, I'm I'm just going to do it. Joey Votto is the greatest hitter to ever play for the Cincinnati Reds. He's better than Joe Morgan. He's better than Frank Robinson. Uh, He's done it for as equally a long amount of time in Cincinnati as the other two did. Uh, He won MVPs and he did it against the best pitching that's ever been seen in Major League Baseball. There. There you guys go. Now we've got my hot take, my fire take on the recording. We'll just do it. And. And that's just the way it is. And that's where I'm going to wrap it up, folks. Thanks for being here for this live edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Uh, Before I get out of here, don't forget, you can follow every pitch of the Reds Hometown Broadcast with the SXM app on SiriusXM. Download the SXM app, search the word Reds. That's going to get it for you. That's going to do it for me. Thank you guys for being here. This was fun. I am going to – I'll be around. If anything breaks over the weekend, Jeff's back with us starting Sunday. Uh, we got a lot of baseball to watch. The Reds are in the thick of it. Enjoy this pennant. Enjoy this playoff chase. Not exactly going to win the division, are we? But enjoy this chase for the playoffs. It's been a long time. Uh, I imagine there's some of you that really haven't seen this before uh, that are watching today. So enjoy it. it. It doesn't. It's not guaranteed. It doesn't come as often as we would like. And I, I think that... I think that this is just so exciting to be in September with relevant Reds baseball. I'm going to keep you covered the rest of the regular season and hopefully with some playoff episodes. Uh, As you guys know, every year I sit down with Chris Welsh for a end of season recap. And uh, when it happens to be a playoff year, like the COVID season, uh, Chris joins me for a playoff preview. I'm going to get that on the books. We'll have all of those things coming for you this month because I want to tell you, This team is fun to follow. It's fun to watch. It's an exciting time. I'm going to keep doing it, gather up all the information, and bring it back right here to keep each and every one of you locked on Reds every single day. I'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.